You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. If you've ever called your doctor for an appointment with a concern, only to be told you'll be seen in a week or two, ever asked the office if you can pop in to see a nurse about a rash or pick up a prescription and been put in a queue? If you've never been able to find a family doctor in the first place, then you understand how frustrating an overtaxed healthcare system can be. And listen, you're not supposed to say this in Canada, but it doesn't have to be this way. In fact, right now, if you have the money, it is not this way at all. The so-called all-access package gets you things like, quote, unrushed appointments that start on time and, quote, unlimited video appointments, all for $1,200 a year. That is an Ontario clinic. It's not that unique. More and more clinics in Ontario and some elsewhere in Canada are finding ways to charge patients, not necessarily for services that are expressly covered by the province, but for all the things that make those services actually happen properly and easily and on time. Think of it maybe like buying a first-class airline ticket versus an economy seat. Sure, you will both technically end up at the same destination, but you'll have drastically different experiences getting there. And the economy seat? Well, it may get bumped to the next flight or even the one after that, if it's crowded. Is that how you expect your universal healthcare system to work? No? Well, then why is it working that way? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Richard Southern is a City News reporter out of Queen's Park. He also covers QP for us from time to time. Hi, Richard. Jordan, good to be back with you. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, We're talking about Ontario today. Uh, I know from uh, reports around the country that this has kind of been an issue in other provinces as well. But in Ontario, uh, we're talking about OHIP, which is how primary care physicians get paid for seeing you for free. How does that actually work? And what are doctors allowed to charge for and not allowed to charge for? So OHIP in Ontario, it covers really just the most basic medical expenses, the most basic emergency services. You go to a hospital, you have an OHIP car that's going to be covered. If you go see a doctor, that's going to be covered. OHIP, though, doesn't cover some specialized, non-routine tests. So, you know, the, the scope is a little bit narrowed, but generally speaking, you go see a doctor in the province of Ontario, like most other provinces, that's going to be covered uh, by OHIP. What we discovered and what I didn't know until I started to cover this story recently, Jordan, is that there are other uh, experts in the healthcare field that you tend to go see on a regular basis that do want you to pony up some cash. Okay, so explain to me how you found the story that we're discussing today. Did did somebody contact you? Have you just heard about this from a number of people? It, it started anecdotal, but it's getting bigger. It was local uh, media in Ottawa that first uh, reported on this. I think it may, may have been the CBC in Ottawa. And they were talking about a new walking clinic in Ottawa that's set to open. It's called the South Keys Health Center. And this soon-to-open clinic was 
advertising the fact that you could join up and you could go see their nurse practitioners. This is a nurse practitioner clinic. We'll talk about what that is in, in a minute. But this walk-in clinic was saying, hey, if you want to come see us when we open our doors, that'll be 400 bucks a year. And they said that $400 will cover the first consultation and the rest uh, of the rest of the fees uh, will have to be covered by the, the patient. So this was kind of just like a get in the door fee. Apparently, it didn't deter too many people. The clinic said more than 2,000 patients had registered and there were thousands more on a wait list. So it was that story out of Ottawa that kind of piqued everyone's attention and got me looking more at what nurse practitioners were and, and what these clinics were that are charging. And well, lo and behold, I found uh, more clinics uh, charging with some more, you could argue, egregious fees. Uh, I found a clinic in uh, Toronto, Jordan, a nurse practitioner clinic, offering three different packages uh, ranging from $75 a month up to $1,200 a year. They call the all-access package which this clinic said got you, quote, unrushed appointments that start on time, hmm. quote, unlimited clinic visits, quote, on-site lab testing. It seemed a bit egregious, but the more we dug into it, you know, we found out this is actually something that's legal in Ontario, Jordan. What is a nurse practitioner in this uh, context, and how is it different from uh, a general practitioner, a family care doctor? Yeah, this is the real important part of the story. And I didn't know about this until I started reporting on this story. There are murky rules in Ontario governing nurse practitioners. Now, these are, you know, specialized nurses. They are able to examine you. They're able to prescribe you medication hmm. for a lot of different ailments. They're allowed to order blood tests. They're allowed to refer you to specialists. And they're also, key to the story, allowed to open their own clinics. They're also allowed to charge you. Uh, in the province of Ontario, it's illegal for a doctor to charge you for, for medical services. It's not, though, for nurse practitioners. So this whole thing about clinics opening, nurse practitioners running them and charging you, you know, $400 or $1,200 turns out to be completely legal. And not everyone's happy about that, Jordan. Why would somebody voluntarily pay $400 to get in the door of a nurse practitioner clinic or $1,200 for all-access care at a nurse practitioner clinic rather than using a free walk-in clinic or a family doctor who's free? Because, you know, in Ontario, there are more than 2 million people who don't have a doctor. Mm -hmm. There is a shortage of family doctors. And the clinics you can go see, you can go to a walk-in clinic and that'll be covered by OHIP. A lot of the times there's there's big wait times there. Uh, and, you know, if you have the money, these clinics are selling convenience. Mm -hmm. They're selling the opportunity to go see a medical professional when you want to go see that medical professional. If it's an hour from now or you want to uh, do it a, a week from now on your own time, that'll they'll make that happen. Whereas there is a doctor shortage, not only in Ontario, but certainly in Canada on a whole. And I think this is really tapping in to the fact that, you know, getting healthcare is becoming a bit more difficult. I want to dive a little more deeply into this particular Ontario loophole and the reaction to it, which has uh, gone all the way up the chain at Queen's Park. But just first, you've mentioned a couple of examples already. Do we have any idea of how widespread this kind of 
loophole finding is. I know other provinces have different systems, but we heard reports from other places of, of I guess, clinics finding ways to, to navigate the system in order to be able to put the costs on patients. Yeah, I mean, you see it all the time now, I think. I mean, even doctors' offices, I've certainly, you know, in, in prior years, you know, I've needed a, medic, a, a, a doctor's note. And, well, they say, Richard, that'll be $35 or 45 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, Jordan, there's always been that pay component in public health care in Canada. You know, you, you go to the hospital, you need crutches. Well, you can have the basic crutches. That'll be, you know, covered under your public health care plan. Or, you know, they'll upsell you, uh, you know, some stainless steel ones. I mean, there's right. always that extra component. You want a private room, that'll be more if you don't have private insurance. Right. There's always been that, that, that component there. I think it makes people nervous. And I think we're seeing more of that now with a shortage of health professionals. So you took these examples to uh, Queen's Park and started uh, asking how the heck this can happen. What, what happened? It was surprising, I think, to a lot of people that you have clinics charging thousands of dollars for basically front-of-the-line access. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we caught up with Health Minister Sylvia Jones, and we asked her about the Ottawa situation, and I asked her then about this clinic I found in, in Toronto charging 1200 bucks. Uh, here is what Health Minister, Ontario Health Minister Sylvia Jones had to say. You know, I've always said that OHIP-funded services cannot be charged in the province of Ontario. As soon as we learned that there may have been something happening in the Ottawa region, uh, we opened a report and are asking questions. Uh, If it is happening, then the practice will be shut down. I want to be very clear. Our government has always said OHIP-funded services will always and continue to be provided by your OHIP card. Minister, I've looked at a Toronto-based nurse practitioner service today, and they are uh, charging $1,200 for things like unrushed appointments. Do you think that's right? Again, if there is a situation where OHIP-funded services are being charged, patients have an opportunity to uh, report those. The investigation is opened and happens with the Ministry of Health, and those patients are reimbursed. But it is, it is happening. We've to, seen it. So what's the next step I here? I want to make sure that if there are gaps in the services uh, that people are being charged, then we will look at that and we will close those loopholes. So, Richard, what does she mean by... OHIP funded services in this context? Because this is the key thing, right? That is the key thing because these were, are not OHIP covered services, right? They're operating the nurse practitioners outside of that realm. So it's a little uh, difficult to sort of parse where the government's going about it. Clearly, she did sound a bit concerned. They do have some sort of investigation going on about this. We later asked her about this and she wasn't really clear either about, you know, will you change the regulations whereby nurse practitioners cannot charge. I think that's what needs to happen to close this loophole, if indeed that's what you want to do. She was noncommittal on that. So we'll see where the, this investigation goes. They're looking at it, but whether or not they'll be able to close this loophole is anyone's guess. A lot of people do rely on nurse practitioners. And I guess the question, Jordan, is will the, they be able to do their work without charging? You know, clearly we have seen these clinics pop up because they're They are making money and there is that demand. And would it be detrimental uh, to close them? I don't know. I think we've had this conversation a couple of times during the pandemic where there is just there is such a need for care and such a shortage of it that uh, some people, first of all, who have the means are are going to 
do what they can to take care of themselves, um, but also uh, by creating these loopholes, it can almost incentivize healthcare practitioners to go in that direction. You know, would you rather be a doctor who has a list of patients every day as long as their arm that you can't get to, so you're always running five minutes late for everything? Or, or would you rather all of a sudden uh, not be a, a quote-unquote doctor anymore, but be a nurse practitioner and offer, for a fee, relaxed, unrushed, calm appointments? Absolutely. There's an argument to be made there. And the nurse practitioners, they have a right to make a living. Sure. And this is obviously a way for them to do that. I guess the, the question is, uh, you know, this is a bit of a slippery slope. You start charging these fees and, and, and where does it end? And, and obviously leaves a lot of lower income people out of the loop here. It's great that you can, you know, get a, a video consultation with a nurse practitioner in an hour if you need it. But that's only because I have the means to do so. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very questionable, I think, to, 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 to start offering services that a lot of Ontarians or a lot of Canadians perhaps can't afford. Does this exacerbate the already existing problem by luring competent nurses out of the public sector and into these clinics? It certainly could. I mean, these are practitioners who could be working in understaffed long-term care homes, understaffed hospitals, but perhaps they're not doing that because they're making better money in these clinics. That's absolutely an argument against this. You're right. What does the opposition at Queen's Park uh, have to say about this? What would they do about it? What would it take to close the, the loophole? It would take the government changing, I think, the regulations regarding nurse practitioners to sort of close this, this loophole. Obviously, the opposition were quick to jump over this one because they had already made a lot of accusations over the prior years about, you know, is the Ford government in Ontario going too far down the private route? Remember, this is a government that uh, a number of months ago, uh, allowed more surgeries to be done in private clinics. We did a whole big story podcast, you and I, on that. So the opposition were quick to jump on this one. I had a chance to talk to Ontario interim liberal leader John Fraser about it. Here he is. It's not the way things should be in Ontario. Like if you're going to see a doctor or a nurse practitioner for primary care, it should be publicly funded. Um, right now in Ontario, we have a crisis in primary care. And the government's not moving quickly enough on things like nurse practitioners and other things to make sure that it's publicly funded. And we did catch up with the health minister and she said, I don't like this, we started an investigation. Is that good enough? No, I think right now we know people are charging a subscription fee or a membership fee just for the privilege of being charged again for a visit. Right, but are you glad the government's investigating this? I, I, I think right, I, I'm glad they're investigating. I was happy with the minister when I got the letter yesterday. There weren't a lot of details. And then they did say in the letter, well, nurse practitioners, they're not covered under OHIP. And well, that's not the point. The point is people are having to use their credit card and not their OHIP card to get basic primary care services. And that's wrong in this province. And the minister should put an end to that. So it's, you know, it's an argument, I think, that's going to resonate and does resonate with a lot of Ontarians. You know, the opposition, Jordan, has said correctly that the Ford government has moved with lightning speed to, to do things like give pharmacists the power to prescribe more medications. They just recently announced that they've moved quickly to allow more surgeries in private clinics. You know, the argument could be made, why aren't they moving quicker to close this loophole if indeed that's something they want to do? Is it possible that this is a feature and not a bug to this government because this is another way that moves 
the system in the direction of two tiers, which, and listen, I am not saying it, but as you pointed out, that's a popular criticism of this government's healthcare policy. Well, let me ask you, Jordan, does this make you feel uncomfortable or, or would you say, you know what, I, I wouldn't mind paying a few extra bucks for me and my family to get quicker access? I think, like I said before, anybody uh, who's been in that position would agree that when you have a, a health concern and you have the means to take care of it as quickly as you can, you will probably do it. What disturbs me is knowing how many people don't have that access and the potential of going in the direction that would leave more people without it. I mean, I, I think that's the point of, of all the criticism of this government's health policy. 100%. And maybe the, the bigger overarching criticism is that are we spending enough on healthcare? Are we spending it in the right places in healthcare? Why do 2.2 million Ontarians not have a family doctor? Why are they forced to maybe go down this route of using health practitioners more and paying out of pocket for them? That's the bigger overarching question. There's no easy answers to it. My main question that I want to get back to is how the government could tackle solving this problem. I mean, they could close that loophole. And, you know, you mentioned healthcare funding. Theoretically, I know it's different in policy, but theoretically, it is as easy as using OHIP to pay for these nurse practitioners the same way as you would a doctor, right? Is, is that not correct? That's correct. I guess the question would be, would they be able to charge OHIP the same amount of money that they're charging you privately? That's certainly the question. Would it still be um, uh, worth it for them to be operating these clinics? I have to think, though, you know, covering Queen's Park every day for five years, Jordan, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Health Minister Sylvia Jones and this government move on this issue. You know, it's obviously a government badly in need of some public goodwill at this point. So my money is on them actually doing something, closing the loophole or allowing, as you say, nurse practitioners to bill OHIP. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Well, that's the last thing I'll ask you. And, and you touched on it. It's been a tough fall, I think, for the Ford government. And when you played the opposition critics clip, I, I noticed that he used the uh, paying with your credit card and not your OHIP card, which of course is a reversal of what has been a popular Ford and, and conservative campaign line, which is that you'll always pay with your OHIP card, never your credit card. Correct. Yeah, Ford has said that many times over the past two years when he faced criticism about, you know, more private health care. Yeah, this is a government in crisis right now. Uh, the premier, you know, is at his lowest approval rating of his five years as premier of Ontario. He's embroiled in the biggest scandal he's ever been embroiled in, this Greenbelt scandal, which, of course, really blew up over the summer. And then just recently now, you know, the biggest aspect of this scandal broke in that the RCMP is now launching a criminal investigation of the Ford government's handling of this Greenbelt matter. So, you know, this is a government not only at its lowest approval rating, but one now that is operating under the guise of a federal criminal investigation. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I say uh, the health minister may be more apt to move on something like this. They're certainly looking for ways to change the channel yeah. to gain some good public will here. I mean, it's always an easy win to say, like, we're making it easier for you to get health care and we're paying for it. And uh, could use an easy win right now, eh, Richard? 100%. It's, uh, it's a government, like I say, in crisis. And I think we're going to see, you know, a lot more um, uh, public goodwill measures uh, coming from them as they look to sort of uh, say, hey, look over here. Don't look at that RCMP investigation. 
Well, listen, if you want to uh, help people live their lives in order to take their minds off your scandals, I mean, it's better than the alternative. Thanks, Richard. Jordan, great to be back with you. Thank you. Richard Southern at Queen's Park with City News. That was The Big Story. For more, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. If you've got anything you'd like to say to us, especially if it is an episode suggestion or a question, I would also remind you we are still looking for your questions and concerns to do with finances or the Canadian economy for a project we are working on. You can always find us at the following on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. Via email, the address is hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca or by picking up a phone and calling 416-935-5935. And if you'd ever like us to get back to you, you've got to leave us a way to contact you when you're talking. The Big Story is available in every single podcast player. If yours lets you, leave us a rating or a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow. Tomorrow.